Welcome back to our study on the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer. Today we're studying a very important text about forgiveness. It's where Jesus said, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. God bless you as you study forgiveness and just rejoice today that God is a God of forgiveness. God is a God who takes our sin and throws it as far as the east is from the west and covers it forever with the blood of Jesus. Oh, may we be in a constant state of repentance, constantly saying, Lord, please forgive me for my sin as I forgive other people who have sinned against me. You'll never be more like Jesus than when you're forgiving someone who has sinned against you. God bless you. It's gonna be a great study, and I hope that you will receive forgiveness and give it to others as well. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored. Honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us today. Our daily bread. And forgive us our debts. As we also have forgiven our debtors. Do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us, deliver us from the evil one. It's real easy to see ourselves at the top of the totem pole and to forget our position with grace. Every single one of us are sinners. All of us have messed up. All of us have had a big debt that we couldn't pay off and Jesus paid it off for us. I mean, you just go back to the story in the text and you're reminded of, you know, what it is to forget about that and not forgive the people uh, that, that owe us. You know, sometimes I, I think for me, I have to be reminded that the only thing I truly deserve is hell and death. And that, that's it. I'm not entitled to anything. And as we pray, I think it's good to remind ourselves that what we truly deserve is hell. But Jesus forgave us. And in that same, in that same way, we've got to remi be reminded of that in our daily lives. Because there's going, there's going to be moments in our life where, where we feel entitled to something that we don't really deserve. And it's a reminder that Jesus showed us grace he showed us love. He showed us mercy. And in the same way, as a follower of Christ, somebody who lives with the Holy Spirit within us, we're called to distribute that in, in crazy ways. It is not incidental or accidental that the prayer for forgiveness is tied directly to the prayer for bread. For us to survive, there are some things we need God to give us. But... For us to survive, he now says, there are things we need God to send away. What literally is what forgiveness is. It is to send away. We need God to bring into our lives bread and the basic necessities that we need. But we need God to send away guilt and bitterness that separates us from him and from one another. Forgiveness says C.S. Lewis is always a good idea to people until you personally have something to forgive. And the question is then, why forgive? Why forgive your debtors? And here Jesus reminds us that the grace you extend is tied to the grace you receive. Forgiveness is not an issue of worth and peace and reconciliation or any of those things. It's a matter of the gospel. We are obligated to forgive because we have been forgiven and we have been forgiven at a cost, at a price. The one who owed no debt 
paid our debt. You know, when I'm asking for forgiveness, Scripture is very clear that unless I give forgiveness, I'm not going to be forgiven. So if for no other reason but an ulterior motive, <laughs> I choose to forgive because I want to be forgiven. And when I think about all that Christ did for me on the cross by taking my sins, bearing my shame, my guilt in his body on that tree, how can I not forgive someone who's done something against me? And you know, it really goes beyond that because if I'm really walking in the spirit and loving according to 1 Corinthians 13, I'm not going to take into account a wrong suffered, which means I can't be offended because I'm dead. I am, if I'm living out the crucified life, I am crucified with Christ and it's not me that lives now, it's Christ living through me in his spirit. And I can choose not to be offended. I can choose not to take into account a wrong suffered. And when I do that, there's not even anything to forgive because I haven't even been offended. Well, I think anything, any time that we enter into the presence of a holy God, we recognize our own sinful nature. Uh, you know, even though we're saved and the Holy Spirit lives within us, we know that that old nature does battle with, you know, Paul talks about that in Romans 7 and 8. And so for us to ever come into the presence of a perfectly holy God and feel like we don't need forgiveness would be the the greatest of sense of arrogance. And so we come into his presence by his invitation and we realize that, that in our thoughts and attitudes and deeds that there, there is this need for forgiveness. But I think the harder part of that phrase, because most of us I think as evangelical Christians who've been Christians long enough know our need for forgiveness, but I, I run into a lot of people who struggle with the second half, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And there are a lot of people sitting in our churches who were riddled with unforgiveness. They, they hold grudges against a former pastor, a deacon, a friend, and, and there is a connection to those. In fact, this is the only phrase of the Lord's Prayer that's actually clarified again immediately right after the prayer. He'll go back to it. It's that important. And it's not that if we don't forgive our, somebody who's sinned against us, it, it's not as if God can't forgive us because we can't earn forgiveness any more than we can earn salvation. What happens is, is that it closes our ability to receive God's forgiveness because we get this idea that if I can't forgive my wife or my neighbor or my pastor, then how can God forgive me? And, and so it, it's not that God can't forgive us. He can't break through this because God forgives us, you know, ultimately and totally but it, it, it blocks our ability to accept and receive that forgiveness freely given in Christ Jesus. So when, when I find people that, that are harboring unforgiveness, they get bitter in it, and it affects their relationship with God because of that bitterness. So they're intricately linked, linked together. That is that, that I need God's forgiveness, and I need to extend God's forgiveness. One of my dear friends, her name is Sheila Walsh, and she says this all the time. She says that um, God's forgiveness is his gift to us, enabling us to live in a world that isn't fair. And I remember the first time I heard her saying that, I was really grappling with forgiving my abusers. I had some sexual molestation when I was a kid, and I felt like that had just marked me. It's almost like that had made an, a handprint in the wet cement of my heart. And whenever it rained in my life, that handprint still collected water. There were still um, bruises, even though I was a new creature in Christ. There were just some places where I felt negatively marked by that. And the first time I heard her say that, I was probably in my early, early 30s, and I thought, forgiveness really is less about reciprocity. It's more about God's kindness to me 
because for me to let go of that weight, some of my abusers were dead. I wouldn't have the, the privilege of actually reconciling or forgiving face to face. But to go, God gave me forgiveness so I could drop that burden and walk in more liberty. Um, it's wonderful if you're able to have forgiveness face to face with somebody, but to have the gift of forgiveness, to be able to forgive when you don't have that, that leads so much to liberty and abundant life. So I think for us to live in that posture of forgiveness, not foolishness, but forgiveness to be God and other centered, I mean, that is absolutely the path to abundance. You know, what is interesting in the Lord's Prayer, um, that he does, I mean, most people probably wish there was this that part in the Lord's Prayer where he says to, to ask that we would be able to forgive others so that we ourselves could be forgiven. I, I bet you everything else is pretty, okay, we get this, we get this, okay, we can do this, this is great. But this is where the rubber meets the road. They're like, oh, <laughs> um, this isn't so easy. Uh, and, and, and actually, it's very, very hard if that's, if, if that's what you're just trying to do. Really, the Lord gets us there in the Lord's Prayer by, again, starting first with making much of his name, surrendering to his will, uh, and then realizing that he is the provider of everything. So by the time we get to the part in the Lord's Prayer where he says, um, you know, that we would be able to do, that we would be able to ask that we would be able to forgive others, uh, and then that we ourselves would be forgiven, uh, we're like, you know what? I, I wasn't worthy to receive anything, and Jesus is everything. Um, I need to do this. And you know, I think probably, arguably, the greatest sin in the church, uh, one of the greatest sins in the church, may be a lack of forgiveness, which stems from pride. And it stems from actually not preaching the gospel to ourselves. Not every day in the place of prayer, running back to that cross and just gazing on what the sacrifice was for us. When we enter into those moments in the Lord's Prayer relating to forgiveness, the element of receiving forgiveness from God and the element of extending forgiveness toward others, we need to always understand that it is God who releases us from the power of our past, the power of our sins. And so we are once again acknowledging our deep need for that, our deep need to have access to what has already happened uh, in the sense that salvation, but to realize it for ourselves. And then to, to pray that God will give us the power to forgive others. That's the part of us releasing them to God. Forgiveness is key to our humility because sometimes we're asking somebody to forgive us and they're asking us to forgive them. And either one brings an ache in our hearts. It brings an anxiety. It's when I've done something wrong, I'm like, oh Lord, ah, it's just an ache in me. If I've wronged the Lord or I've wronged somebody else or I've said something I shouldn't have said or done something I shouldn't have done. There's also an ache when somebody's wronged me. And I'm like, that wounded me, that hurt. So what happens when we take those wounds and those anxieties and those aches in need of forgiveness or in need of giving forgiveness, it then brings us to a place of humility because all we can rest upon is grace. We're not resting upon our own strength. We've blown it or we've been wounded by somebody else that's blown it. So we take that and we say, Lord, help me to forgive so-and-so or Lord, help me forgive myself. Sometimes I'm the, God's more gracious to me than I am. And so I need a process of humility in the midst of that forgiveness to say, Lord, let me humble myself. I'm never gonna get it all right. So, I mean, some of us as Christians, we're thinking perfection is like right around the next corner. The next book we read, the next church service we go to, perfection's coming. I'm never gonna get it all right. Thank you for your grace. I'm humble before you that I come one more time and I'll come again, but I need your forgiveness. And then also too, I have to humble myself when I'm gonna forgive somebody else that's wronged me. 
Lord, I, I can't make them pay. I can't try to get back what was lost. I need to humbly say, Lord, you've forgiven me of so much. I want to be humble before them as well and forgive them. And God, I want that ache to just ache for you. And so now I'm bowed down to the grace of Christ instead of lifted up to the perfection of man. And now the prayers bring humility and really a spiritual cleansing in a way, not, not in salvation, but in right relationship again with God and with man. And so those are key. Forgiveness is a great catalyst for humility. You know, forgiveness uh, is a very tough thing to extend when you have been deeply wounded. And I often try to teach people in a pastoral kind of a way that surface injuries take little time to heal. Uh, deep injuries take a lot longer to heal. And we should just acknowledge that and recognize that as reality. I think the starting point, though, for extending forgiveness is what is taught in Ephesians chapter 4 in verses 32, verse 32, where uh, Paul says that we're to forgive others as God in Christ has already forgiven us. And I try to help people understand, no matter what somebody may have done to you, they have not done to you what your sin did to Jesus. So the starting point for our extending forgiveness to others is to do so out of the reality and the recognition, look at what God has already done for me in Christ. He's forgiven me of everything. And I'll never forgive anybody as much as God in Christ has already forgiven me. So there's the starting point. But then again, we recognize and we need to be honest about this, deep wounds take more time. Uh, but that's what God's grace is all about. It will extend our ability over time to give the same forgiveness that we receive from Christ. The most challenging uh, dimension of Christian forgiveness is that I'm going to forgive somebody the way Jesus forgave me. Is my, um, if God forgave me to the limit that I forgave others, um, would I be a Christian? Would I be in hell? Um, I mean, thank goodness it's actually reversed. It's not that we forgive in order to gain God's forgiveness, it's that we forgive because we've been forgiven. Um, that, that part of the Lord's Prayer really changed my marriage because um, I always joke that my wife and I have been married for 15 wonderful years and two other ones for a total of 17. And it was, you know, there's a couple of years or toward the early of our marriage where she and I did not know how to forgive each other. And, and we had a Christian counselor that we sat down with who looked at us, you know, I've been in ministry for five years at that point, And he looked at us both and said, he said, the problem with you is you don't really know the gospel. You, you know with your mind. But neither of you know it with your heart because you see yourselves as first sinned against and second sinner. He said, actually, the gospel is going to teach you the opposite. You're first sinner. And he said, J.D., you will never be asked to forgive Veronica of anything anywhere close to what God has forgiven you of. And when you embrace your identity as sinner, then suddenly being sinned against will become much less significant in your life. And you'll find yourself overflowing with forgiveness. Um, when I pray that part of the, of the, of the Lord's Prayer, and I, I try to walk through the Lord's Prayer just about every day in, in some way. And I, uh, when I get to that part and I say, God, um, forgive uh, my trespasses as I forgive those who have trespassed against me. I think, um, Lord Jesus, I want to forgive my wife. I want to forgive people that have hurt me um, like you've forgiven me. And it's so, the things you have forgiven me from are so overwhelming that whatever it is I'm being asked to forgive is just, I mean, it's, it's nothing uh, compared to the, the riches we have in Christ. Obviously, the most difficult part of forgiveness is having to forgive. It is a wonderful concept. It's probably my favorite in Scripture, the whole idea of forgiveness, until 
I reach that point in my life where I have to let someone off the hook of my wrath or my pain or my desire to pay back. And so that's the challenge is for me, it's been uh, really releasing someone, releasing them and saying, you know, even though this has been so painful and even though I have been betrayed or I have lost something, I release you. Um, because that is what Jesus Christ has done for me. So obviously you have that major tension when we have to walk out forgiveness. Uh, the beauty and the redemptive part of it is that this is what Jesus Christ has done for us. And when I think about forgiveness, I especially when I'm challenged and have to forgive someone and it's so hard, I always remember that Jesus does not ask us to do anything that he is not. And so for me to, to truly identify with who he is, um, that he is a forgiving God, the, the way I'm going to identify that with that most and how much he has forgiven me is for me to be able to step out in forgiving others. And so I don't know that we ever, I don't think we ever lose the tension. I think it's so hard, and I think in walking out how difficult that is, we get to experience just a taste, I mean just a glimmer of the forgiveness that Jesus Christ showed us. When you think about forgiveness, uh, it gets real personal because your concept of forgiveness depends on how much you understand God's forgiven you, quite honestly. Uh, I found out I was adopted when I was 39 years old. It was really hard for me to forgive my parents for hiding that from me. It really hard. But I realized one day if, if I don't do that, then I'm going to regret for the rest of my life that I've let this hold me in bondage and that the devil has gotten this claw inside of my heart and that if I don't do it, then somebody else is going to do something to me and I'm not going to forgive them either. And all of a sudden, I'm going to become the thing that I say I never want to be, a hard, bitter, angry, unforgiving preacher that takes everything out on everybody instead of just loving people the way they are. And really what brought it home to me was when Jesus said, have faith in God. If you see a mountain, say this mountain be moved. And you, everybody kind of reads that in Mark's gospel and says, oh, you know, you can have mountain moving faith. There's a verse that follows that. And it says, and if you have anything against anyone, forgive. The key to mountain moving faith is not the size of your faith. Jesus said the key to moving the mountains that stand in the way of the will of God for your life is your forgiveness. Who do you need to forgive? So as Christians, when we give and receive forgiveness, one of the things that we're really doing is we are modeling the work of Jesus Christ in the gospel. We're reminding each other that this is what Jesus did. So if you were to come to me and ask me for forgiveness and I were to withhold that forgiveness for some reason, I am in a way denying what Christ has already done. But when I give you this gift, when you humble yourself and you ask me for forgiveness, one of the things that I'm saying to you when I freely and readily give you forgiveness is that I'm acknowledging, how could I hold something against you that Jesus Christ, the King of the universe, has already let go? It is a beautiful, beautiful daily picture of the gospel when we do for each other what Christ has already done for us. Forgiveness for the Christian, not only in our prayer life, but also in our action, is a wonderful picture of the gospel. 
because that's what portrays the gospel to a lost world. We're responding to people in a way very different than we're supposed to respond, right? The Old Testament, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Now Jesus comes along and says, turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, give your outer garment, right? So Jesus is saying that. And I think the reason he tells him to pray that is because it's countercultural to the way we are. Like when somebody pushes me, I, I want to punch him in the face. I mean, that's just the way, you know, human nature. That's a, Thank God I gave up UFC fighting years ago, but the nature is still there, right? And so I think Jesus says you need to pray that way because what happens in your prayer life is manifested in your Christian life. And so when we're constantly dependent upon prayer through forgiveness of sin, another promise Jesus gave us was this, is that I will forgive you with the same breath as to which you forgive others. And if you don't forgive others and you have a beef against your brother, don't come bring your offering to me and worship. And so Jesus says, leave your offering at the altar, go make it right with your brother, then come back to me. And it shows us this wonderful principle. When we have problems in our horizontal relationships with other people, it could be a direct connection that our vertical relationship with God is out of whack. And so as we continue to pray to God, serve God, honor God, and forgive other people, God through prayer reminds us the need for that as he forgives us.